welcome to Sapphic Survival Guide, where we are queer to answer your questions. My name is Cheyenne. And I'm Gina. And class is now in session. Today, we have another guest with us. This is Jen Winston. Can you introduce yourself to everyone, Jen? Yes, I am so happy to be here. I am Jen Winston. My pronouns are she, her, and they, them. Um, I'm an author. I wrote the book, Greedy Notes from a Bisexual Who Wants Too Much. It's a memoir. And I am working on a novel um, about a corrupt egg freezing retreat. It's, Ooh. Yeah. That's like, I'm, I it's can't wait fun. to read it. I'm, I'm having a great time. It's, <laughs> it's a lot more fun than like writing about my own terrible yeah. sex experiences, but yeah. <laughs> okay. I just have to say, I did love your book though. And I recommend oh, it to like you. every bisexual person I know. Um, Anytime I talk to them, I'm like, you need to read this. <laughs> so thank you. I, is, I can't wait to read that. That is so amazing to hear. Thank you. <laughs> it was so good. Yeah. I, I am very uh, excited for this new book you're writing because I, I know it'll be good and it's, Thank it already you. sounds good. I can't wait. Do you know, yeah. do you have a release date or anything for it yet? Oh no. We, no. So with a memoir, you can sell it on proposal, which is what I did mm. with my memoir. And so then someone bought it and then I wrote the book after the fact, but with a novel, you have to, unless you're like, Stephen King, you, you have to finish the novel. And so I am about a quarter done, but yeah, my goal, I'm like, I want to write something that is just like very easy to see on TV. And like that, that's my goal now. And I watch a ton of TV. So that is like selfish in, in that regard as well, in that I want to be entertained. <laughs> so, and yeah, it, the, the novel I'm working on now is kind of about trying to figure out if you want kids and the egg freezing retreat, the premises that they, they will help you decide um, mm. if you want kids. So it's like a nine perfect strangers meets dead ringers is my pitch. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah. I would is read it, that for okay. sure. That sounds yeah, really great. Good. It's uh, my goal is for it to be like a, like semi trashy page turner, but like <laughs> with sort of elevated themes. I hope I, I have yeah. no artistic integrity anymore. I'm just like, <laughs> I want to go straight to, to TV. Yeah. Me no, in. no, that's yeah. incredible. Good. I love that. Giving us two different forms of content. Um, yeah. is, th is this based on like something going on in your own life right now? Like, are you thinking about kids and stuff and it kind of came from that or like, how did it come about? Yes. I, I, so I froze my eggs and I froze them at Kind Body. Um, mm. I hope they don't like sponsor the podcast because I am going to say <laughs> that they, it was such a weird experience. It was like, it kind of feels like all of Kind Body was like created by an AI and it's just very like their walls are a gender neutral yellow and like they have a like West Elm furniture. The whole thing is just a little, like there's something like off about it for the most part. Every, everyone was wonderful, but I, I had had this like thought I, well, I thought the hormones were going to make me unhinged because that is what happened when I was on birth control, but then they didn't. And I had just like a wonderful time and I felt like, like cool and feminine, but wow. I was expecting them. I know that's not everyone's experience, but I was expecting it to be like, I was like, Ooh, this would be interesting if there were a bunch of people like cooped up trying to figure out these questions. Um, mm -hmm. and yeah, my partner and I are trying to figure it out. I think when I started writing this book, which was the beginning of the year, I was way less sure. And now I know I do want kids, but that's sort of not the trajectory of the characters in the book. So mm. um, it's been fun to kind of like get to hold on to both 
realities a bit. Yeah. You're yeah. able to explore the avenue you're not taking also. Exactly. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fiction is fun. No one, I feel like no one told me. I've always written personal <laughs> essays and then I'm like, oh, this is so much fun because you could just make stuff up. Like <laughs> today I was on mid journey, like generating pictures of what the the facility would look like. Like it was, it's so much, it's so much fun. That's cool. Yeah. So what got you into writing more of like personal memoir type stuff? Were you just like writing from your diary and you're like, this would actually be a good book to write or how does that work? That's a great question. Honestly, I think that was just what I liked to read growing up. Like um, one of my favorite books is uh, Have You No Shame by Rachel Shuker. It's like sort of an underrated Jewish memoir. It's it's really good. Yeah. Um, And she's like a very successful TV writer now. Um, But I, that's just like the thing that pops into my head when I think of like, the books that I loved that were just these like peeks into other people's realities. Like, and it was like, I was hanging out with all these funny people, um, normally women. So I, I always had kind of written personal essays and I always like could visualize myself writing that kind of book. I am happy that I'm not working on that now. Cause it does force you to sort of live your life for like to do it for the memoir, which is an awful, that's awful so real place to be. And then right. you, there's no way to like explain that reasoning when you're writing about it. Cause you're like, mm-hmm. oh, that is that, that renders the whole thing like null and void. But that's probably why I did this was for the story. Right. Um, but I had written a lot of personal essays and I, I wanted to write a collection. Um, so I wrote, I think the proposal for greedy was my fifth proposal for a collection of essays that I had put together. And the first four were interesting in that they were all about me dating men. Like they were all about these Mm -hmm. sexual experiences with men, but then they all kind of ended with this, like, you're bisexual. You do not have to live this life anymore. Like Mm -hmm. there's a better way. And with greedy, I was able to figure out that like, oh, bisexuality isn't like the twist. It's been the story all along. And so that mm. was really cool and liberating from a personal perspective, but also yeah. in terms of the work itself. Yeah. That's really cool how you kind of came to that realization. And I like the way you just put that all into words. Cause that's like so real. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. mean, it, 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 and then it was like, oh, you look back at every experience you've ever had and you're like, oh, this was a queer experience. Uh-huh. And I had no idea. And um, it, I mean, the process of writing the book for me was, was a huge step in terms of like understanding that I am bisexual and like accepting that about myself. Sometimes people will ask me what they can do to like affirm themselves in their bisexuality. And I'm like, I don't know, write a, write a book about it. That's what I did. That's what I did. Um, Journaling. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then the first essay in the book is about imposter syndrome. It's called a story to ease the author's imposter syndrome. And Mm -hmm. I wrote that when I was halfway through the book and I was like, oh my God, all of these sexual experiences are about men. No one's going to want to read this. This is already, I don't want to read it. I don't want to relive it. And I was like, why am I the person writing this? Like I should not be writing this. And so mm-hmm. then I wrote that essay out of those like real emotions that came up and it became the first essay of the book. So that was, yeah. 
Yeah. So obviously our listeners have to go read the book if they want the entire story, but can you tell us a little bit about your queer journey? Like just like the too long, didn't read version of it. Yes. Too long, didn't read, but still read it five times. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Go want. read the whole thing. <laughs> Go yeah. read it all. I'm, you don't even have to read it if you want to give it five stars on Goodreads. I will take it. I don't care. Um, just kidding. Please read it. But I, um, yeah, I mean, I guess I had, I had always found like, I always really resonated with the word bisexual. It always sounded like the right name. And there were just so many obstacles to claiming that word that I found throughout my life that explained to me later why I didn't claim it. Like I hadn't had a queer experience and like, that was not for lack of trying. I was trying like so hard and I just couldn't let go of the internalized homophobia and just like weirdness that I was carrying around it. And I couldn't like be myself in hindsight. That is why I was not able to have a queer experience because I wasn't able to let my guard down enough in situations where that might've been possible, but I had a lot of, uh, threesomes and I, that was like as close as I could get, but that was still like through the male gaze, kind of practicing bisexuality through the male gaze, which I um, went through that phase also with threesomes. Yeah. I feel that hard. It's, it's so real. Cause it's very like a queerness that's accessible to you, but it's also not. And I think another thing that kept me from coming out as bi is that I thought that bisexuality was super binary. And the more I learned about gender and the more I learned about gender fluidity, I was like, oh, I don't want to endorse that. But I also never really like clicked with the word pan. I I don't know why. I mean, now, honestly, I am fine with it, but it wasn't like strong enough of a resonant word for me to be able to hang my hat on it and be like, this is who I am. And especially because in fluidity, like with these fluid identities, whether it's gender or sexuality, the whole point is that it's fluid. So it's hard to put a like a flag in the sand and be like, that's me forever. And so you really have to be super passionate about the identity. I I mean, I guess that's true for every identity, but any, anything you're going to like claim that you are. I don't know, nobody's like asking straight people to prove it and like, make there you go. Define yeah. The deep ins and outs of like what they would and hypothetically wouldn't do and all that kind of crap. So. That, that is true. That one of my favorite memes is like, Oh, you're bisexual. Please provide a list of your sexual history at the door. And yeah. Um, but I thought that if I was going to come out as bi, I was going to endorse the gender binary in a way that I didn't support. And so I like stifled my own identity. Cause I thought like, which is incredibly hilarious to think that I think that I would have so much power um, that that like me coming out as bi would single-handedly like endorse that or that anybody would would give a shit. But one of the writers who inspired me to be able to own my bisexuality was Shiri Eisner. Um, they wrote a book called Bi Notes for a Bisexual Revolution. And it's a great book. It's quoted several times in my book. Um, but Shiri Eisner's work helped me understand that true, like radical bi politics, as they they say, is really about breaking down the binary, breaking down all binaries. And understanding that about bisexuality was what really allowed me to turn it into kind of a lens 
through which I see the world for this book. And that's been really freeing. And I still, I still get very frustrated when I hear people talk about bisexuality in, in binary terms. Like a lot, it happens a lot on bi-visibility day. People are like, I like boys and girls. And I'm like, no, no, this is hurting us. And, and I do think it is like the bi community's job to go in and be like, Hey, Hey, and get our people, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, I I will say it's been very difficult to write this book about deciding if you want to have kids without like being fully like divorced from the gender binary, because (laughs) So much of that industry is incredibly gendered. And in yeah. a, I mean, of course, there's like so many things that, you know, come up for uh, queer people and parenting, but it is, ju- it's just like, it's been, it's really, I have to like delete the word woman on every page and I have to delete the word motherhood, like all mm-hmm. the time. And, and I keep wondering if, because I'm not using those words, is it not going to find the right audience? But I, I have, I have faith. And another weird thing about fiction is like, you can write things that you don't agree with, which is not really true. In like, you can, you can write a character who's like super corrupt uh, and mm-hmm. you you can write all these things that you don't agree with and mm-hmm. and they're not you and you have to write them for the tension of the story which is just it's just odd so I'm I'm navigating that at the moment which is really difficult yeah that does sound hard but it sounds really fun like a, a good way to be creative and be like I hate when people say and do all of these <laughs> Yes, exactly. Put it into a character. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. So a question I have, how long have you been with your partner and did your partner make the memoir? Yes. My partner is, uh, as cheesy as it is, my partner is the end of the memoir and we're, and we're engaged. So it's just really like a a basic story. Uh, but we've been together for, four year, almost four years. And we are in the thick of wedding planning and very excited. Yeah. We've been engaged for a year. That's my fault. That's just me dragging my feet, but yes, my partner really came in and explained to me what queerness meant. And in like, not, not through his words, but through his actions. Mm. Um, and my partner is trans mask and uses he they pronouns and I I just found that like we connected so much around not fitting into these binaries even though I gender gender wise sort of another another twist at the end of the book is like I realize oh shit I don't know if I'm a woman and Mm -hmm. I am gonna try to release that as something that I'm striving to be is Mm -hmm. um in womanhood but I would not have gotten there without, without Ford, my partner. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, so I know we were like a little bit privy to some behind the scenes information, um, but you had mentioned to us before we started recording that you recently opened up your relationship. Will you talk a little bit about that dynamic? Yes. Um, in fact, it's actually super relevant because the other day, <laughs> The other, the other, my partner for a long time was like, I don't care about my sexuality. Like I'm bi, but my gender is way more of a mm. part of my identity. And now my partner's like bisexuality is like a part of his identity that he is wrestling with more and more in a, in a fun play wrestling way. Yeah. 
Um, and yes, we just opened things up and I have no dirty laundry to report (laughs) yet. Um, but I will say it, both of us are kind of trying to explore things with genders that we don't like have access to in our current dynamic. So like my partner is interested in dating people assigned male at birth and cis men and, um, I am interested in dating like women and femme people. And, um, yeah, I, I'm like, not as picky. I'm also just like, haven't had a sex drive really since my book came out. Cause they don't tell you that writing a book is like, you will be depressed afterwards, like no matter oh, what. Wow. And I had, yeah. So I am still on my Wellbutrin wave, but yeah. 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 Can I ask a little bit about that? You don't have to talk about the depression oh, at all. I totally I'm can. Curious. Is it like a post concert depression? Like, well, mm. it's all over or like, I'm just like exhausted because I gave it my all like, or is there something else going on there? Yeah. Um, well, I'm actually, this is sort of the, the thinly veiled, uh, protagonist in my book is, uh, in my novel that I'm working on is a director who like her first, uh, film came out and it like, didn't go the way she planned. And honestly, like my book has, it's been great, but I still work a day job in marketing Mm -hmm. and it does not afford me a, like, I have not, it's selling fine, but I haven't seen like a single royalty check. Like Mm -hmm. it's not, you, people do not write books for the money, which is another reason that it is like, that it means so much to me, Cheyenne, that you are recommending my book. Thank you. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Hopefully a ton of people read it now. Yes, please. (laughs) Um, but, but I mean, yeah, it's, it's, um, I, I think it's like a postpartum, um, and I think some people struggle, they, they do a lot of like birth related metaphors with, with regards to a book, which now I'm realizing I should probably put into my novel. Um, but <laughs> they, like my, my editor called herself a doula. She was like, I'm a proud doula, you know, and those like comparisons are made all the time. And it really did, like, I expected, I fully expected it to change my entire life. And that's just not what happened. And now I have to do it again. And that was really, really hard for me to stomach for a while, especially when I was like, I'm going to write another memoir. Um, because I was like, how I'm too tired and I'm not going to write a memoir about depression. Cause I don't want to read it, but I am that my new book will be a bit about depression. Cause it's like the only thing I have new thing I have to write about really mm-hmm. but I I've actually been it's been interesting to see how many people resonate with writing about depression and I I actually found out I was depressed because I took a short story class and I wrote this thing about this character and everyone in the class was like this is such a realistic portrayal of depression and i was like, oh, oh shit oh wow, <laughs> oh, wow. um wow and yeah I, ju- I just like had no idea what it would look like on me or that it could happen to me kind of thing um mm. but yeah i am i am here and i really do love wellbutrin so they if <laughs> they sponsor shout out yeah <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I actually think it's made, it's like, it, it was like the first, I don't know. It it was, it was the first time I'd ever had like such high expectations and like really not met 
them. Mm -hmm. And I think the ex expectations were impossible in hindsight. And I was not in many ways, I was not like in many ways I have defied odds and was yeah. not really set up for success, but I try to warn people about that. I'm like, you should know that it's, it's sort of like not, not as great as it seems. Yeah. And then everyone's yeah. like, you wrote a book and you're like, I know, like I'm so <laughs> tired. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. Yeah. What was your yeah. sign by the way? Oh, oh my God. Um, I'm a Libra sun, Pisces rising, Sag moon. I am Gina. also a Libra sun and Sag moon, but oh. I'm a Gemini rising. Ooh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I love that energy well, in here. It's interesting mm -hmm. because I was really resonating with a lot of what you were saying about bisexuality versus pansexuality and all this stuff. And I'm like, oh yeah, we have a, we have a lot of overlap in our brains. That's why I relate to so much. Of well, it's saying. also like, I do think of my identity as a Libra to be a critical part of my inability to make decisions. And my ADHD is a big part of that. Like a bisexual Libra with ADHD will not be on time to your party. I'm sorry. And a Sag moon, like you were set up for failure. I'm sorry. I, yeah. Yeah. It's a wonder. It's a miracle. I got anything done at all. So yeah, that honestly probably is why I had to sell my first book on proposal. I was like, I'm not going to finish this unless somebody mm. makes me finish it. And so part of the most exciting thing about writing the novel is like, I'm doing it on my, like I'm getting up and doing it. Like I, and I'm, yeah, I'm like having, having fun. So that, that if I can do that, which we'll see, uh, if I can actually finish it through that way, I'm, I am working with a novel coach who's helping hold me accountable, but, That's cool. um, yes, I recommend that to anybody who wants to write a novel, but, um, yeah, we'll, we'll see. Yeah. Uh, well, I just when you were talking about the whole writing process and the kind of like postpartum depression and you were like saying that you feel like you didn't get like what you wanted out of the whole experience and like I know that sucks and like I'm totally the same like I would be like in your exact shoes right now but I just as from an, from the outside looking in I feel like we're just like seeing the beginning of your career and like Aww, the beginning of all the so things nice. you're gonna write and like <laughs> I'm excited you. for that yeah so I'm like seeing it that way like okay maybe people haven't seen like how great this book is yet but they're gonna continue to see how great of a writer you are and see what you put out there and thank you I feel that like is, that's exciting that's so that's so like affirming. Thank you so much. <laughs> good. Um, good. I'm glad. Yeah. I feel like honestly, I, I had this event, uh, last by visibility day, which was almost a year after my book came out. Mm -hmm. And it was this like amazing event of just like all by people in San Francisco at the LGBTQ center. And it was so beautiful. And like everyone, it was, I, I was being interviewed, like everyone was there to see me. It was wild. I couldn't believe it. And then I taught a writing workshop the next day at this um, wine bar uh, named for Edna St. Vincent Millay, uh, noted, notable bisexual. Um, and we, the, the class was all about how to write sex and it was so fun. Oh. Um, it was, it was great. And I realized after that, that that was what I was expecting when I, when my book came out, but how, how would that have happened? Because no one, people need time to read a book. Like it takes, I'm, I'm listening to the secret history right now. And I, by Donna Tartt and I have been listening. So long. <laughs> yeah. I've been listening to it for what feels like, like 
a month straight and I still have eight mm-hmm. hours. I'm like, yeah. how? And yeah. I mean, it's, it's wonderful. Um, but it is a lot to ask of somebody to give your mm-hmm. content that much time. And yeah, like I, I know there are some friends of mine who didn't read it because they just like, they like bought it. They bought like six mm-hmm. copies, but then they were just like, okay, we know everything about Jen's life. We're just gonna- <laughs> Go over here, you know, which They're is like, totally fine. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah but it, it really is like a lot to ask of people to have them read your work, especially because people don't like read anymore, which is also sad. Um, mm-hmm. But I realized when I saw all these people, like that was what I was expecting the day that it came out. And that was obviously completely irrational. So I have. I actually feel like I get why you had that perception though. My mind goes immediately to, I, I don't know if it was cheaper by the dozen one or two or which one <laughs> where like she, she's a nobody who writes this book. And then all of a sudden she's on a book tour with Oprah and her yes. husband has to take care of their 12 <laughs> children. It's like, that's a hundred percent. Like you, you write a book and then you go on a book tour. It's yeah. Like, no, and you, you go don't. on Oprah. Yeah. <laughs> you go on Oprah. Yeah. It, it's so true. Also, one of my, one of my friends had written a book that came out a month prior that was like huge bestseller. It's, it's a great book. It's called beautiful country by Chen Julie Wong. And mm-hmm. she and I were like new author friends. And, um, and I was like, oh, okay. So like, that's her journey. Like off to mine. And that was mm-hmm. like, her book is being taught in schools. Her book is oh, wow. amazing. It's incredible. It's so, it's so beautifully written and such a like important story about her childhood growing up undocumented. And it's mm-hmm. like, it's amazing. Um, and the fact that I, I was like the bi community is so unseen, like they will show up mm-hmm. and yeah. And it's just, it's just all pretty funny in hindsight, but it, it, thank you for saying at the beginning of my career, that's, that's yeah. very sweet. Of course. Can I ask you another question about yes. uh, writing? So do you have any, like, t- like a, like a little quick tip for writing a sex scene? Like what is something that you'd like recommend? Hmm. I mean, I don't write, but I'm just curious what you, but we so, both read, so yeah. Yes. <laughs> Um, okay, great. Well, I think my biggest tip would be that in sex scenes, like, and I got this tip, actually, I'm, I'm fully stealing this from Antonia Angres, who wrote an amazing bisexual novel called Sirens and Muses. It's so good. Oh, um, yeah, I just read that. Oh, it's so good. So good. She's, she's the best. Um, she's become one of my, like, author friends. We We meet monthly, and I, like, try to absorb everything I can from her brilliant brain. Um, but she said that she thinks sex, like all actions in a sex scene should drive character or be like related Mm -hmm. to character. And I think that is probably true for all scenes and like all interactions in setting interactions with, with other characters, but especially in terms of sex, because otherwise it gets super gratuitous Mm-hmm. And because Sirens and Musings has like an amazing sex scene. So that is how mm-hmm. she and I got on that topic. I was like, how yeah. did you do this? And yeah. her characters are so well-defined like this. I don't think this is giving anything away about that book, but it's also related to Succession. Um, I loved Succession. Do either of you watch it? Mm-mm. Okay. You, neither of you were like, <laughs> yes. So no, okay, so I, I have it on my list. <laughs> oh, it's, I mean, it's, it's, 
it's great. But I think what's so great about it is like you, if you think about it, you know exactly where the characters are going to end up at the end. Like they tell it to you on the Mm. very first page and yet you fall into the character's delusion that something else might happen. And uh, Sirens and Muses, I think does such a great job of that. Like by the time you get to the end, you're like, of course, yeah, <laughs> like, of course this is what happened. Um, and it's just so like, those people are so true because of that. Yeah. yeah. I really like that. Yeah. Thank you for that. Um, advice. Yeah. So what's your queer obsession? Okay. I feel like I've had the same answer to this question for quite a long time, but I am mm-hmm. obsessed with Tommy Do who makes videos on Instagram. They are so they're The videos are so funny. Basically a lot of them are, is like parroting this French couple on TikTok, French, like uh gay couple on TikTok that are like having a perfect influencer life and, you know, and they like have fun with each other. But Tommy do makes these videos like as if he's the third in their throuple and just like being fully rejected. I need to watch that. <laughs> They're like so good. So good. Uh, also made like a parody of Lady Gaga's migraine uh, sponsorship <laughs> recently. Like just the topical commentary, it continues to be on point. So that will be my answer to this question. Tommy Dew's work until Amazing. proven otherwise. Yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. I love that answer. I will yeah. be indulging in Tommy Dew. Oh, do it. Yeah. <laughs> do it. Yes. Do it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what's something that you wish you could go back and tell your younger self okay so I wrote down an answer to this and I wrote down insert meme of that person walking over to the table and being like you're by you know the video <laughs> and I just yes I just wish I had them <laughs> I wish that they were in every cafe in America and mm-hmm. doing that all over the place so yeah <laughs> That's what I wish. That's hilarious. (laughs) So something that we kind of ask everybody, or at least I like this question a lot. Do you have any overarching advice for like young queer people or young queer writers or anybody who like just would be on a similar journey, but like earlier stages? Yeah. I mean, I guess my advice would be, it's kind of specifically for bi people and bi plus people, but if you think you're bi, that is bi culture and you're probably <laughs> bi, or if you're not sure that you're bi, that's bi culture. Like being unsure about it is actually bi culture. So uh, <laughs> congratulations and we're happy to have you. But the the other thing I would say is like, if, you, if it is safe for you to come out, it's just, it feels so good. And I, I didn't know how good it would feel because I wasn't like, active. I, I didn't have like an agenda when I came out, I just kind of posted an an Instagram and then I was like, Mm -hmm. Oh, boom, like tap the button and, and off it went into the world. And I just, I had no idea how much it would free me from these like weights I didn't know I was carrying. And so Mm -hmm. That would be my advice is if you think you, if you think there's no need to come out, like if you, especially as a bi person, if you're like, I'm not trying to act on it. Like if you're in a monogamous relationship or something and you don't want to, like you you have no desire to open that up. It still feels good because it's about your identity. It's not about your, I mean, it's related to your sexuality, but it, it feels, it still feels freeing, even if you're not actively 
acting on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. I feel like you a little bit started to answer our advice <laughs> question. So the question that was sent in was just blanket advice for coming out as bi while in a hetero relationship or marriage. So I feel like you like touched on that a smidge of just like, mm. do it. Mm-hmm. I, I can speak a little more to it. I mean, um, so that is the like reality I'm setting my protagonist in my novel in because I think it is like such an under explored dynamic and it is like a massive audience. At one point I posted like an Instagram story asking people to share stories if they were in a monogamous relationship and were bi and like describe whether or not they came out or, um, how they, how their partner reacted to it, or if they were open or whatever. And I have never had a question sticker, like go off like that. It was wild. People were so passionate about sharing their stories. People were sending me like novels of their own in the DMS. And it was just, it was, it is clear that that audience is not being talked to. And it's also, I think it, it, has a lot like my protagonist does not feel like her life is complete and she does not like know what her purpose is really mm-hmm. and a, like being kind of lost uh in terms of your queer identity is similar to that and I, I haven't decided yet if she is going to like come out within the book or if she's going to have already come out but just like it's not, no one sees it as a big deal. I'm leaning toward that one that she's like out and sure, like her husband knows, but nobody seems to care. And then obviously there's like a queer romance in the book, obviously. Mm. Yeah. (laughs) That's, that's the core of the plot. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, our bisexual episode, like what the one that was our theme, you know, bisexuality episode had the most high numbers, most listeners out of, you know, all over ones that I expected to do much better. So I think you're so correct in that. Like there's this market that is so untapped into, Mm -hmm. I mean, if you look at all the numbers, bisexual people take up most of the community. Yeah. That's where majority of people lie on the spectrum. And so to not be telling some of these stories, I think it's because like, we don't hear it as bisexual because it's like, whatever your relationship is, is what it's seen as it's, it's erasure essentially, Mm -hmm. but the, the best way to do that is yeah. Like be vocal and just say what your truth is. Even if, yeah, I think that's the other part of that. People think like, oh, well, you're telling me you're bi because you are open to things. And it's like, Mm -hmm. no, you can actually just be that person in a relationship. Facts. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's not an invitation. I also (laughs) think that, um, in the media, and this was something I discovered through writing is that like, so often when you're telling a story, you know, they say show don't tell, but when you do that with, bisexuality, it either contributes to like erasure or stereotypes Uh, um, because there's no way to like show bisexuality aside from having someone like go hook up with someone from this gender and then from this gender. And like, usually when that happens, they are like, are a homewrecker and it's like, you know, or a murderer. That's a big one uh, by, (laughs) by murderous villains. Um, I I was reading something about how Vanessa on the queer ultimatum is like being painted as the bisexual villain. I'm not Mm. sure. I'm not sure I'm fully there on that, but, Mm. um, but yeah, that happens in the media so often. So like, I'm going to be very intentional about naming my character 
bisexual. Um, yeah. Yeah. Honestly, there has like it at first, like when I was first writing the plot, it like didn't make sense for her to be bisexual. And then I was like, nope, got to rewrite the plot. Like <laughs> this is very, very important. Um, if I want to keep my audience. So, um, and like every book should have a bisexual character. To agreed. Be honest. Fully agreed. Yeah. Yeah. I believe, I feel like there's a TikTok sound that says something <laughs> similar. Yeah, probably. So we will, of course, plug and tag and all those things in our on our social media and in our episode description. But for everyone listening, where can they find you? Where can they you know, where should they purchase your books and, um, you know, where can they find your future stuff? Yes. Um, So you can find me on Instagram, Twitter and TikTok at generous with a J and you can get my book anywhere books are sold. All right. Perfect. And for the podcast, you can of course find us anywhere on social media at Sapphic Survival Guide, except for Twitter, which is just at Sapphic Survival. You can send us your questions if you need advice by DMing us or sending us an email to Sapphic Survival Guide at gmail.com. We also have a phone number. You can leave a voicemail 724-209-8877. And as always, leave us a review, a like, subscribe, all the things. And you can find me anywhere online at the Libra including my website, thelibragina.com. And you can find me, Cheyenne, at Hot MSBN on pretty much any social media platform. With that, class is now dismissed. <laughs>